What's going on, everybody? Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of The Watch Report with me, Jean-Luc Welch. Get excited, make some noise, clap it up. We are back again with another rendition, another edition of The Watch Report. I'm so happy that you took time out to listen and watch this show. Just remember, as a quick plug, we're available on every podcasting platform. That's Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts, as well as right here on YouTube, where you can see and hear all the excitement that comes on on this show and you can please or not can i uh employ you if you would to subscribe to the channel like and comment on the video um as well as share the video and share the channel with everybody you know so that we can grow and build up this empire together so that I can make this show bigger and better for you, the viewer. Good gosh, we almost at 300 subscribers. Whoa, my goodness. Talk about an elevation from the, from, from the slums of, of, um, what's, what, what's the, what's the word? Um, Amenity? No, that ain't it. Dang it, I can't think of the word. And anyway, we were relatively unknown. And all of a sudden now, we're getting some traction. We're getting some people. We are getting viewers and followers and people that really enjoy the channel. So please, keep it up. Spread the word. Give it to your coworkers. Give it to your parents. Give it to your children. Yes, this is educational because they can learn the value of hard work and excitement through my... <laughs> <laughs> through, through watching me <laughs> oh, oh boy oh, Okay maybe not that last one Maybe you can just put it on Just to keep them occupied Just so they can be excited And there's somebody loud <laughs> Oh boy Oh boy Don't don't use me as a, as a means to <laughs> Educate your children please This is I know that would be held responsible for their development is stalled by <laughs> by them looking at me all day. Oh, boy. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just having fun. Just having fun because that's what this show is all about. And what else this show is also about? Oh, that's a great transition. <laughs> But what else the show is about is the Super Bowl. Doggone it, we have one of the most incredible Super Bowls in 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 the in shoot of the last couple years. This was a thriller. Uh, like this was incredible. This was truly a game for the ages. Ebbs and flows, momentum swings, left, right, and center. Two different styles of offense clashing together. Both of them unstoppable. Both of them equally effective, and it was a matter of who was going to give ground when it mattered most. And my gosh, this game did not disappoint. What ground was given, however, was is is up for extreme debate by the public in, in terms of NFL fans and players. Because good gosh, many people feel that the refs sold the game, or the refs took the game out of the players' hands and put it into their own hands with a call of holding or pass interference that many people feel shouldn't have been called my goodness we're gonna talk about that and more right here on this show oh by the way happy valentine's day i forgot yeah love is in the air uh uh uh, uh chocolates and and red and and, and whatever else y'all petals yeah, i don't know what y'all do whatever you do to celebrate tell somebody you love them tell somebody you care and buy them a gift and if not send them your love and at least show that hey you know i got you whether it's in, in a romantic sense whether it's just in a you know good friend a brother or sister you know you always got my back 
or whatever the case may be. Show love to everybody. Let them know that you care for their well-being, please. Because you probably ain't done it all year long. So this is your one day to, to hopefully make up some ground, potentially, <laughs> for some of y'all. Uh, but uh, let me let me get off of the. <laughs> Let me stop blaming people. Let me stop getting on people. I'm so sorry. Please don't unsubscribe because of it. <laughs> just it's all fun. It's all fun. Good gosh, it's all fun. But let's jump into it right now with the game in and of itself. Well, first off, the result of the game. My goodness, the Chiefs have done it. This is legitimately starting to look like, hey, this could be a dynasty in the making because they have successfully gone and won two championships in four years. This is the start, potentially, of a legitimate dynasty that we're seeing in the NFL. This is great. This is phenomenal. This team has really started to separate themselves from the rest of the league. I'm not going to call them the Patriots with Tom Brady in terms of their ability just to always win all the time. But they have consistently been to the playoffs, consistently been favorites either the favorite or one of the favorites. They've won two of the last four. And legitimately, they are consistently built to take on anybody in the league. We could be seeing a dynasty in the making. Now, why do I not? I'm not going to say they are a dynasty yet. Because what, for me, if you win back to back, then I'll call you a dynasty. Sure. Or if you win, you know, what, what, uh, three, three, what, well, I want to say what, three or five, three of the five championships over the span of five years, I'll call you a dynasty. And, but this team is the closest we've seen to, to getting there. For real, this squad is something serious. They have single handedly. Revamp the way many people view offense in the NFL. Yes, we know the offense has consistently evolved and gotten better and changed over time with new coaches coming in, new schemes being implemented, people opening their minds, coaches opening their minds to we can have different offensive identities than the past with the addition of a multitude of of, of, of mobile quarterbacks as people's backbone of their offense when they look for a QB, not just a pocket passer, all of that and more. That's, it's led to, again, the ever-flowing evolution of the NFL, specifically how they run their offense, constantly turning as time goes on. We get that. I understand that. But the Chiefs have done something really different. They have successfully found... It's, 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 they found an offense that can't be, can't really be replicated. And, and, and why do I say that? One, because of the mind of Andy Reid, the creativity of one of the greatest football coaches that we've seen in NFL history. Hopefully that wasn't cemented before. That's cemented now with this third championship. But what also makes it unreplicable is who is at the helm. And that's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has legitimately set himself apart from the rest of the quarterbacks, not only in this division, but of this quote-unquote new era of QB talent. 
about new era, you know, you still had, you still got Aaron Rodgers. You still got, well, you had, excuse me, Tom Brady. And that old guard, that old regime. Now, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Tua Tonga Baloa, even though, you know, concussions and all that stuff, we get that. When he comes back, he is a top QB, legitimately. And and that slew of young Justin Herbert, that, that slew of the next generation of QBs that's going to take the helm and is currently leading the way for the entirety of the NFL, the new faces. It was, even with all of the talent that Patrick Mahomes has in himself, it was still hotly contested. Okay, hey, maybe Joe Burrow can take that next step and 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 be um uh, uh, the 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 best quarterback in the league, potentially. It, it, you know, maybe it was hey, Justin Herbert can quickly evolve and turn into that guy. I mean, Josh Allen's been right at the, right at the door for a number of years. Maybe you know we eventually he'll get and usurp everybody else. These have been legitimate questions. Whether you want to believe it or not, these have been real questions that deservedly should have been asked, despite how you felt about how good Patrick Mahomes was. But now, I think we can put those debates to rest. I really do. I think we can put those debates to rest with him winning not only this finals MVP, but also, not final, excuse me, I'm thinking of the NFL. Not just winning the Super Bowl, not just winning Super Bowl MVP, his second one. But it's the way that he went about doing it that I think has helped to really and definitively separate himself from everybody else in the NFL, every QB in the NFL. And giving him legitimate credence to be called the best player in the world in in football. Many people said it was Aaron Donald, even though he had a down year. This year, for a number of years, it's been Aaron Donald's the best football player in in the in the NFL. Purely. Now we could say, I would say, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I believe it's Patrick Mahomes. I think he's definitively taking that role of not just best QB in the world, but best player in the world as well. Because let's backtrack. Let's think about how this season unfolded. Coming into the season, all of a sudden, boom, Tyreek Hill is traded. Was he traded? Released? Either way, I forget which one it was. Either way, he's not on the team anymore. One of the best weapons of the dynamic trio of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill is gone. One of the most threatening and impactful wide receivers in the game. The fastest receiver in the game. The biggest deep threat in the game. Just got separated from at, at, at the time while it was contested. I believe the best QB in the game. In Patrick Mahomes. And with that. Now, speculation came up. Hey, can he actually perform? Is, was, is Patrick Mahomes a product of his weapons or is it actually his innate talent? Now that he doesn't have the a number one wide receiver and as well on the Travis Kelsey as his only uh, um, dominant threat, will we see a dip? 
Will we see him drop off? Will we see a player who maybe was a product of this environment instead of a product of his own actual talent? And then he goes on and not only keeps the Chiefs as one of the best teams in the league, not only leads them back to the Super Bowl, but also has one of his best individual statistical seasons of his career without one of his best and consistent weapons in Tyreek Hill. With the number one wide receiver getting flopped or flipped from Tyreek Hill to Juju Smith-Schuster, who many people have, have, have me included, didn't think was going to be able to live up to that ability to be a number one QB because we saw what happened when he, when Antonio Brown left the Steelers and Juju was the main guy. He underperformed so severely, so severely. Everybody got tired of his TikTok videos. Everybody got tired of his internet um, um, footprint and all that stuff because the brother wasn't performing at all. It was just annoying to a lot of people's eyes and to a degree mine as well. However, Patrick Mahomes took Juju Smith-Schuster, took Travis Kelsey, and said, okay, if I just got Kelsey as my main guy and Juju is my new number one, it's all right. I'm going to work within what Andy Reid has for me, and I'm going to still show why I am at the top of my game and what separates me from everybody else in the league. And he did just that. Individually had an incredible season. Incredible season. I mean, it was, it was, it, it was ridiculous. Gets into the Super Bowl. And now we get to the actual game in the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes, before this game, injured his ankle. Severely injured his ankle. Potentially, we didn't know how well he would be once he got to actually getting to the Super Bowl, actually playing in the game, actually going up against the Eagles in game action, despite two weeks of rest. Gets there and re injures it again. And instead of wilting, and instead of Letting that injury, which was, again, is, is, was bad and is bad when it got reactivated. Still played phenomenally. Now, what do you mean by phenomenally? He, he only had, it was 21 for 27, 182 yards, averaged about seven yards a pass. Doesn't seem like big numbers. Especially against the competition of Jalen Hurts. Well, I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Because they ain't got nothing to hang their head on, head down about in this game. You want to talk about a team that has arrived and has usurped and overcome every speculative accusation about this team being overrated. If this game didn't show it and shut anybody else up, I don't know what. Well, you just a hater at this point. I'm going to talk about them. But strictly sticking with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The man went from being able to play at, at again, an, an inhuman level because of his physical gifts, because of his innate talent. And when injured, still performed efficiently. See, it's different. You, you look at that game and you hear, or excuse me, you hear the numbers and you think, ah, yeah, he didn't have a great game. 
But when you watched the game and saw just how little on-field time Patrick Mahomes actually had compared it to what the Eagles were doing. Because mind you, the Eagles did what you, what, what, again, the Eagles did what everybody want, wants to do against Aaron Rodgers when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and players that great. Keep them off the field. Keep them off the field. There were so many times when once the Eagles got the ball, they it was just a methodical run down the field. Yes, Jalen Hurts was played phenomenal and hit big shots after big shots after big shots. And his incredible, incredible Super Bowl performance individually and as a team. But the biggest thing that made them so draining for the Chiefs was the fact that they just couldn't get them off the field. It wasn't that. They, the Eagles scored 35 points, but it wasn't just everyone was a big play at the big play at the big play. No, nah, it was drives of seven minutes, five minutes, six minutes of, of just them holding the ball, converting every third down, and just methodically working their way up the field. Every time. And whenever it was, even when it was third and, and long, third and 11, third and 14, seemingly the Chiefs finally got stops. They continued to find a way to always make the right decision. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal inside of the pocket, both in, well, both in the pocket and with his legs making plays and just extending the, extending the drive. Just constantly extending the drive. Taking what was given and taking... Deep threats when necessary and converting almost every one. It was just, and, and, and every reset of downs was a longer period of time that Patrick Mahomes didn't have on the field. That that potent offense of the Chiefs didn't have time to actively do what we know they can do. Which is put up numbers quick and in a hurry. Because of how they're schemed. Because of Andy Reid's great offensive mind and because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's incredible talent. And the Eagles did everything in their power to negate that. And it almost worked. But that's what made this game so spectacular. It wasn't just the fact that the Eagles were, again, on consistently able to hold the ball and have a, just a phenomenal offense all around. It was the fact that when and this is what I think won him the Super Bowl MVP in Patrick Mahomes. It was the fact that on the flip side of Kansas City, despite not having much of any time of possession for the for the in the grand scheme of the entirety of the game, once they did get the ball, Patrick Mahomes led that squad. I mean, quick and in a hurry. I mean, it was just boom, 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 done. Kick it back off. And that was, that was the threat. And if at any point in time, Patrick Mahomes failed to deliver, this game was going to be busted wide open. Because the Chiefs could not stop the Eagles. They, they couldn't. General Hurts was killing them every which way, running and passing. The man was playing phenomenally. 304 yards. A bunch of yards with his legs, 
three TDs, running, one TD passing, four in total, 70 yards on the ground, 15 carries, QB draws were killing them, scrambling on the outside killed them, everything that they did killed the Chiefs. And it was the fact that because of that, the only way that this that the Chiefs were going to actually be able to win was if once they got the ball, Patrick Mahomes as their leader worked efficiently. And he did just that. Because again, the numbers don't look big. They don't. But it's the fact that how he did it and how with little time of possession, normally you would get QBs, especially on a dominant offense like the Eagles or going up against them, take a bunch of deep sh- I mean a bunch of deep shots and take too many chances and, and inevitably can play their team out of being within range of winning. Yet, they, in the second half, when the Eagles had all control and the Chiefs seemingly could not find any way to get any offense going, playing outside of themselves, you could tell how they were on the offense. And with the, again, the Eagles consistently extending drives and just keeping the ball on with them, not giving Patrick Mahomes little, if any, time to really do the magic that we know he can do. He stepped up and said, if I don't get a bunch of opportunities, I'll make the ones that I got count. A one, again, a a near 200-yard game can be just as incredible as a 300-yard game. When it comes to how, the context of how it was done and what constraints were around that performance. And Patrick Mahomes performed flawlessly with injury. Normally, you would get somebody who, an ankle injury like that, with how great that he is, especially athletically, it it severely diminishes what he can do on the field. And yet still, he was able to adapt his play style and power through the injury, making big runs in clutch time by himself to keep this team in it and keep this game alive. This was a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. Not in terms of his legacy is defined by what, by the outcome of this performance. Cause no, even still he retires today. He's a hall of famer. If he lost the super bowl, he's a hall of famer. First ballot. I stand by that. That's how great his career has been thus far. But this was a legacy game to further add on to a career that we keep touting as this can be the greatest of all time. And this was one of those statement games that we talk about or that we should not gloss over in his career. When it's all said and done, because this performance was so difficult going up against the Eagles squad that came to play. And yet, while hurt and only essentially having one half of good football. When the first half was was not great for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
able to go and right the ship and be one of the biggest catalysts for why this team came back and won. Yes, we know the fumble, scoop, and score was incredibly impactful and was a momentum shifter. And yes, we know that there should have been two scoop and scores instead of one because that catch that was ruled incomplete when they got knocked out, when the ball got knocked out in the backfield, that should have been counted as a fumble because caught the ball, ball was secure, went to go and try to make a move, just didn't get the opportunity to because the quarterback came in and just popped him. But that should have been a fumble. But even still, despite that, while we know those plays weren't bad, it's, it's, it's something truly great when you see a, a player's biggest asset in terms of what they do as a player, their skill set, get taken away and they're still able to be effective, not just effective, but beat you in more ways than one. And that's what Patrick Mahomes did. Normally, this is the man that we know can hit big shots, no-look passes, all that stuff, side-arming everything, all that stuff. And he did do that in the game. But it was the efficient, I don't need a bunch of big plays. I just need to make the right play when it counts. And we say, and you may think, oh, that's easy. That's not easy. Because if it was, we would have a lot more contenders to be in the Super Bowl. If it was, we would have a lot more guarantee. We would have a lot more contracts be longer than just a year or two. We wouldn't see so much shakeup in the in the in the quarterback roulette of the NFL, with every team trying to find that the, their franchise guy to stand behind the center. We wouldn't see that if it was so easy just to do what's necessary, especially when you like to or you're known for. Or, 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 or you're inclined to try to make the biggest play possible. Like we see a lot of quarterbacks eh, try to do. And they can't make the simple stuff work. That's what, made Patrick, that's what makes Tom Brady. The, again, that's why we call him the greatest of all time. Not just because of the accolades. Not just because of his leadership. Not just because of his, of his tenaciousness. Not just because of his tenacity. Not just because of his willingness to give up everything for the game. But it's because of the fact that you couldn't rattle him because no matter what you did, he would never let go of the basics of taking what was given and always identifying what is available. Never letting himself play outside of while I know I, I like while I know what I want to do. If it's not there, the dump off is right there. And I know when to hit it, and I know how to hit it. The simple stuff, the simplest of things, is a big part of what made Tom Brady so great. Peyton Manning, same thing. His ability to read read defenses and then make the right play. But on top of that, even when all else failed, he knew what felt safe he needed to do and when to execute it. The simple stuff, the basics. And normally, when we get a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes, 
we laud over everything that they do in the spect in the spectacular sense, as we should. But we didn't neglect that a lot of that spectacular stuff is set up by the fact that they're able to consistently identify what's available. Normally, we see Patrick Mahomes do the spectacular more often than not. But even with that, his ability to, when I can't perform the spectacular, I can perform the, simp the, the, the simpler stuff or the simplest stuff better than anybody else in the league. It, it, it changes the levels of greatness. Because, because when you don't need to run out the pocket, when you don't need to or can't make spectacular plays with your legs that we know Patrick Mahomes can do. And again, he did that in this game. I understand that. But I'm talking about post-reaggravating the injury. Still being just as effective, as efficient, having a QB rating of 131, not throwing one interception, only missing six passes, scoring three touchdowns. That comes from doing the simple stuff. And he does it better right now. He does it better than anybody else in the game. And this is what makes Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the world. And our part to be the greatest of all time, getting there. It's not just because of the accolades. It's not just because of Super Bowl performances. It's not just because of the gaudy numbers is how he's doing it and how he's doing it is every which way I compare Patrick Mahomes to Roy Jones Jr. in boxing right now and we've talked I've talked about this before but if you know if you don't know boxing Roy Jones Jr. is in my opinion outside of Shakira Robinson just raw talent is the most gifted fighter and the most gifted boxer I've ever seen. Bar none. And I stand by that. Better than Ali. Better than Joe Lewis. Only person he's not better than raw talent is Sugar Ray Robinson. Better than Ricardo Martinez. Better, better than Salvador Sanchez. Better than Juan Manuel Marquez. Better than Floyd, better than Manny Pacquiao, better than anybody else outside of Roy Jones, outside of Sugar Ray Roberts. Raw talent. And it's because of the fact that Roy Jones Jr. didn't really have, at his best, didn't really have a weakness. He could beat you on the outside, even if he gave up height. He could beat you with speed. He could beat you with just straight footwork alone. He had enough power to knock out anybody in his weight class and even hurt people above his weight class. Reflexes were unlike anything else. His ability to read what his, what his opponent was going to do. All of it. Everything. There was no weakness in his game when he was at the best of the best. At his zenith. He took out every relevant and Hall of Fame contender. And did it through multiple weight classes. And did it in a way that it was just. It, that just, just boggled everybody's mind. Who watched him fight. 
and there were no weaknesses in his ability to fight. He could do everything at a high level in a way that we've rarely seen anybody be able to do in the history of the sport. Not one weakness was in his game. You couldn't, you weren't faster than him. You could not time him, but he could time you. He was an elite counterpuncher. He was an elite power puncher. He had a great hook. They called him Captain Hook. He had, he had a phenomenal hook. He could hit you with the uppercut so quick and so powerful, you'd be up before you knew what happened. He was so comfortable in the ring that he could put, he literally put his hands behind his back. Stuck his chin out against his opponent, made him miss, and countered with a hook that knocked out and ended the fight. There was nothing that he could not do at an at an elite level and at the top of his game. He there was not one weakness to him, not one. And right now, Patrick Mahomes, I don't see a weakness to his game. You can't blitz him. He's one, of the, he's one of the best, if not the best, passer against the blitz. You can't give him time in the pocket or else he'll, he will throw it deep. And it's one of the best, not only one of the strongest arms, but arguably the most accurate arm in the NFL today from deep. Also in the mid-range. Also can hit you in the short range. Or in the short field. Short field, midfield, long field, doesn't matter. He can hit everything the exact same way. On the run, he can, he can, he can hit anybody. Crossbody, he can hit anybody. Running and throwing crossbody, he can hit anybody. Accurately. Even when he lost to Tampa Bay against the, uh, when, even when he lost to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, he still had one of the greatest performances in the victory that I had ever seen. Because you say, oh, he threw a lot of completions. No, 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 no. His receivers dropped the ball. He threw passes that were right on target. From angles and out of nothing. Legitimately running 25 yards back, throwing it 50 yards, and hitting his receiver right in his hands. Where only he could catch it and his receiver would drop it. There was a play where he got tripped up behind the line after doing a great escape angle. Which, again, he can also escape out the pocket and escape sacks like few people in the NFL in history. One of the greatest magicians behind the line of scrimmage that we've seen in, the, in NFL history. But he got tripped up in the Super Bowl. Everybody remembers this play. You should if you don't. Look it up. Tripped up behind the line of scrimmage. One of the last plays for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Desperation heave. He is horizontal. Oh, excuse me. Parallel to the ground. As in if the ground is here, he is here. And his knee is about, he, both legs are off the ground. His body's completely airborne, about to inches from hitting the ground. He sidearms a pass when his entire body is, again, airborne like this, nearly hitting the ground all the way to the end zone and hits Tyreek Hill in his face. And he is the only person that can actually get the ball. Hits him in the face mask and he just drops it. I said, and I still stand by this this statement, that was the greatest throw that I've ever seen in in the history of, of me watching the NFL. That was the greatest throw that I have ever seen a QB make or attempt in history. 
I've never seen. And he was accurate on the button. And he was like that all game long. His receivers just were, were dropping the passes. But he was, he was throwing the passes right where they needed to be despite being under pressure, under so much pressure because his O-line was injured. And he didn't have any protection. Yet still gave every opportunity for his teammates to actively make a play by putting it exactly where it needed to be. It was incredible. There is, even when everything is against him, there is still no weakness to him as a player because he will still be able to make the play if necessary in both the hardest and the easiest situations, which is something that you can't say about a very few quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Only Hall of Famers. And he's so multidimensional and so delete and so elite in every dimension. There's no weakness to his game. If this keeps track, it, it is quick that we can call him the greatest QB ever. Even just after Tom Brady retired. After he just retired for good. We could very soon be saying Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen. And definitively is the greatest of all time. We could seriously be saying that. Can we be looking at we could we're looking at a, a player that can protect that can both break every single record that Tom Brady holds quicker than Tom Brady broke them in potentially a better fashion than Tom Brady broke them while still having time to further build on said records. And with and if they if the Chiefs are able to keep this team as greatly constructed around them, we could see a man when we thought that seven Super Bowls were impossible. Legitimately, we thought it was impossible at that time when Tom Brady actually won it. This is the only other player that I can see he might actually, no joke, be able to break that. That's how good he is. That's how great Patrick Mahomes is. It's scary how great he is. And because of that, I can't sit here and just not and, and not say that currently right now, anybody who doesn't say that Patrick Mahomes is the best QB in the world, you're wrong. I can't not say that. There's no way in the world I can't say that. Because he has proven over so many times. How good he is. And now, when the chips are down, he had an incredible performance that was one of the biggest catalysts for bringing this team from at the from a first-half debacle to Super Bowl champs in one of the most tense games of the Super Bowl that we've seen in these last couple of years. And we've had a lot of good games in the Super Bowl. In a classic game. Not only that. Well, actually, no. No, only that. In a classic game. With two. With, with parameters high. To the first game with two black quarterbacks. Ever in the history of the NFL. Starting and playing for a Super Bowl. On Black History Month. With. Again. Re-aggravating an injury 
only having essentially one half to get everything right, and he still pulls through? No, that's greatness on a scale that few people can actually reach. So he has a legitimate claim to be considered potentially the all-time. Once this is all said and done, he's already top three. He's already top three. At worst, four. But it's hard for me to find four QBs that I would say are better than the talent that Patrick Mahomes has and has consistently shown. It's hard. I got him three this early in his career. And if he retired right now, he would stay three. Probably for a good foreseeable future. Probably for the, the good foreseeable future. That's how special this man is. This is a, he is a shining star that is glowing so bright, so early. We're, 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 all, we're almost scrambling to keep up as a spectating fan. Because you almost, you almost can't believe that somebody this young is this good this quickly. It's almost insane to see. But on the flip side with the Eagles, this is a team that has nothing to be ashamed of in terms of how they performed in this Super Bowl, how they performed this season. We were talking about this team. Many people had this team was a fluke. They had a team as a fluke. They had a team as a team that was not, that was a product of an easy schedule, was a product of, a, of not getting any legitimate talent up against them, a product of being essentially handed an easy road to the Super Bowl. Many people said that. No, I didn't say it was an easy road, but I didn't think this team was as good as their record and numbers showed. And if anything, I thought that we wouldn't see Jalen Hurts be able to keep up this MVP caliber season for long. And he proved me wrong. This whole Eagles team proved me wrong. This game showed that the Eagles legitimately are for real. Not were for real. Are for real. Because this squad right now is built to last for a number of years. A number of years. This squad is built to last. It's great to see. This is an Eagles squad that has, 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 they got everything. They got everything that you would need. Everything you would need. And the craziest part about it is the fact that Jay Lurks and his progression was so steep, at least for me, coming into this year. It took me by surprise. Truly, it took me by surprise. And because of that, now, if he, if he grows like I think he's going to grow, this could be a... You want to talk about a, legit, a legitimate contender for a number of years? That's what this Eagle squad is. This squad came to play, and they dominated. Like I said before, time of possession was the thing that was real, that was letting them truly produce. Excuse me, I have the hiccups. Trying to stop it as I'm talking. Difficult. Either way. <laughs> Either way, this is a squad that was, they were good, but they weren't given the credit. 
They had the talent, but they were overlooked. They were deemed as the bottom was going to fall out at any given point in time. And yet, they kept on showing up. Showing up. It's showing up. And gave us a phenomenal QB battle. And Jalen Hurts has shown that he is here. And that he better get some respect from every NFL fan. Because everybody was counting this butter out. Because they felt, at least from who I was talking to, that the stage would be too big. And that this team was a facade, facade of their actual capabilities. Like the Vikings were this year. And they proved everybody wrong. Jalen Hurts has officially shown himself to be a superstar. Major superstar. A superstar the likes of which that we, as fans, love to see and need to see. Because he fits the Eagles organization perfectly. Perfectly. He fits this team perfectly. And you're looking at a situation where because he fits them so perfectly, you have a perfect storm of talent in Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, a three-headed offensive monster that has the ability to legitimately get you back to the Super Bowl on a consistent basis. Because now they've proven that they're big, bigger than just the hype. And this is a team that you can build on for a number of years. A number of years. And I know what's going to be said. What was the foul, or excuse me, the holding call applicable? That's going to be the biggest thing that, be, that not only Eagles fans, but many fans get on in terms of what exact, exactly the NFL did wrong and the refs did wrong. And how they robbed us from getting a true ending in the players' hands. And I can see exactly why everybody's so up in arms. Because that one thing that, like you say, like many people say, one thing that people don't, people don't want is the game being decided in the hands of the refs outside of the players. Especially when the call is so indecisive that you go and watch that play you'll see hey it doesn't look like the brother's holding it'll look like he wasn't holding at all now there was an interview going on uh, yahoo.com not interview or, or report on yahoo.com from a post-game interview from james bradbury who got called for committing the, the pass interference uh foul on juju smith user i believe Came, came in and said, hey, I was actually, some paraphrasing, of course, I was holding, I was hoping the rest would let me get away with it. And that may have been true. But even still, there was a more egregious holding call earlier in the game that was not called. That was more clear and present. With the receiver going across the field for the Chiefs, and usually the Bradbury or another cornerback held uh, the left arm to, to limit his ability to actually 
uh, separate himself and get to the ball. And it wasn't called, and the pass got incom- incomplete. I believe she said to had to punt afterwards or kick a field goal. But that was a more egregious and, and concrete call that should that should have been called than this call that was that was actually called. It's the, the refs have been go under high scrutiny, and rightfully so. And could it be because of all the rule changes that have been, that have been made to protect the players, like protecting the QB and limiting the risk of injury? Could this uh, revolution and renovation of the rules have really hindered the ref's ability to accurately call the game how it should be called? Or are the refs just every year seemingly have gone down here more and more and more? It could be both. In my opinion, it is both. Both the rules and the quality of refs are not conducive to getting to calling games how they should be called. The the focus on protection protection of the players, which is important, and which should be done, done has curtailed the rules in a way that makes it so that while protect while you want to protect the players, it sacrifices a lot of core elements of the game that are necessary for stuff to happen. And because of those things not being, or, be, or because of those rules being in place, now those necessary things that need to happen or nat- naturally happen in a game of football get essentially turned into problem areas that slow the game down or muddy up the game for the refs to be able to call. Because now they had to think about, well, was, was this intentional? Was this egregious? Even if it was innocuous. And on, on top of that, the quality of refs are just not good. We've been, see, we've been seeing this for a number of years. I don't know why that's the case, but that's the case. It's across all sports. Why, I don't know, but it's seemingly a constant thing that we keep seeing that the refs just are not, they're cheating the game because they seem to be ill-prepared. That's what it seems like on a consistent basis. Truly, that's what it seems like on a consistent basis. Because of that, we're not getting the concrete, resolute, resolutions that we desire when we watch games, whether it's football or beyond. And so there's a legitimate, there is a legitimate qualm that Philly can have for whether or not this was robbed from them per se. And But I hate the fact that that's the case because I don't want to see a game, a game this great be, in some people's eyes, taken away or, or or taken for gra- granted and devalued because of bad reference. Again, was he holding? James Bradbury admitted it himself that he actually was. So, hey, 
whether you like the call or not, the player said that he did it. And so I and nothing else I can really go off of. He he admitted it. He admitted that he was in the wrong. But even still, object, objectively, without that confession, this was a call that, that really you you shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. And I was rooting for the Chiefs to win. And that shouldn't have happened. That should not have happened. But it do, doesn't take away from the performances of both players, both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. doesn't take away from the greatness that was this game as a whole. And doesn't take away from the fact that we're witnessing the rapid ascension of Patrick Mahomes reaching a stratosphere that we've only seen three QBs reach at such a at a faster pace than we've ever seen anybody reach. And we're also seeing the, in my eyes, the validation of Jalen Hurts as a quarterback now being seen and looked at or rather should be seen and looked at as not a fluke in terms of his production. And this season should not be seen as just a season of, oh, they got hot. This, te- this team is for real. The way they performed in the Super Bowl was for real. And for a number of years, this team is going to keep being for real because this squad is built to last in the long term. We might just see this matchup again. Come next year, potentially. I don't know. It's too early to tell. But the horizon is bright. And expectations are high. And for right now, all expectations from both the or from both the Chiefs and the Eagles have been met. And so I'm not gonna bet against them that they won't further reach those same expectations, if not clear them come next season. And that's just my opinion. But this has been another episode of The Watch Report. I'm so happy to be back with you on today. Again, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Keep on celebrating Black History Month. <laughs> if, you, if, if you're black, if you're not black, celebrate anyway. We black, we loud, we proud. We here to stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I've been your John Grudge. You've been my beautiful viewers and listeners. Subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the video, comment, thoughts, and opinions, and share the channel with everybody that you know. Remember, remember, we're available everywhere on every major podcast platform. You've been beautiful. Can't wait to be back with you all again. Peace and love. We are out of here. And tell somebody you love them.